0: clock has hit zero and this one is in the books it's time for cougar postgame live on the new skin byu sports network now let's join your host jason Shepard.
1: well 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 how about that cougar fans welcome back to lavelle edwards stadium for the second week in a row byu heads to some extra football now it didn't take a double overtime it took one overtime but byu gets the win in OT 30-27 over number 24 USC. A phenomenal day for the BYU Cougars, capped off by the interception from Diane Gonwolakou that sealed the deal for BYU. They improved now to 2 and 1 on the season. What was so fun about this environment here for those that were not able to see the field being stormed. For the longest time, it's starting to disperse a little bit, but for the longest time, there were so many people on the field, you could not see green. You're talking about an entire football field that was completely covered with BYU fans. It was all blue. It was fantastic to see, and Cougar fans have every right to be excited about this one, the 24th ranked team in the country coming into Provo, their very first road game of the season coming off a phenomenal performance over Stanford. Averaging 38 points offensively in both games that they played, BYU holds them to 27. Enough cannot be said for the defense that BYU brought today completely changed Slovis's game. This was not the guy we saw last week against Stanford, and that's because BYU gave him different looks and it was not an easy afternoon for him. Credit goes once again to the BYU offense, finding their rhythm, finding an opportunity to score when they needed it. Play creativity was phenomenal today. You saw a lot of different looks, a lot of movement. Zach Wilson down the stretch was great, not just with the arm, but obviously with his legs being able to run in for a touchdown. If you want to chime in, feel free at JS and Shep. On Twitter, at Shep, uh, I've got my eye on the post-game press conference room. There will be uh, players and coaches. First up, as always, should be head coach Kalani Satake. If we see him going to the podium, we will certainly get to that. But let's read some of your tweets. This one coming in from, uh, from Chris, Chris with a K. What a game, exclamation point. It was a team effort for the win. Offense, defense, and, of course, Jake Ice Coldroid, proud of my Cougs, that from Chris, yeah, Jake the Make did miss his first field goal of the season, but you know what, he was there when you needed him, and this BYU team as you said, team effort, offense, defense special teams, they all put it together, and we were having this discussion on BYU Sports Nation this week on BYU TV and BYU Radio, talking about what's the big win for Kalani at home, what's the signature home win, up until this game most everybody, and as we discussed this, it was the, the win over Mississippi State. This is now the signature home win under head coach Kalani Sitake. This was a ranked P5 team in your building, and you won. Congratulations to the Cougars. Just a fantastic game for them. And again, 2-1, and one, and now hosting Washington next Saturday at 1.30 Mountain Time, 3.30 Eastern. And uh, we will have all of the coverage for you and all the play-by-play. Uh, next week for another big one as the Cougars take on the Washington Huskies. This one in from uh, D. Money. Love the game plan from the coaching staff. D. always plays tough, but Grimes and the O kept uh, USC off balance all game. Without question, that's why you saw the opening drive for USC was all through the air. And they're like, this is the offense that we thought we were going to see. But once BYU was able to rattle Slovis, they started to go to the run game. That's what BYU to this point in the season had struggled with a little bit. So you started to see more of a ground game, but it completely took USC out of what they wanted to do all right we're going to take a quick timeout we'll come back we'll get to some scores in college football if Kalani Satake heads to the podium we'll get to that as well BYU gets the win in overtime they defeat number 24 USC by a final score of 30 to 27 we'll have more of Cougar Post game live coming up next on the new skin BYU Sports Network
0: This is Cougar Postgame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. Welcome back to Lavelle Edwards
1: Stadium. BYU taking down number 24 USC in overtime, 30-27, to and fans... Remember, when the Cougars win, you win with Papa John's Pizza. Use the online promo code BYU50. That's BYU50 at PapaJohns.com this coming Monday and Tuesday, and you are going to receive 50% off pizza. This offer is good at any Utah location. I want to get to this one tweet that just came in from Josh Summerhays, and I agree with it 100%. said, even if BYU had lost, it was obvious they made a leap from game two to game three. Execution getting sharper, more big play in big moments. Extra sweet sweet to get the W though. I agree 100%. Had BYU not won the game, certainly would have been a downer and everybody would have would have been, you know, depressed that BYU didn't get the win. But there was no question that BYU took a step forward in a lot of different facets. Offensive execution, I thought, was much better from start to finish. I think you definitely had uh, BYU the adjustments on the fly, I thought, was, was great. Play calling was fantastic. It's just the extra cherry on top The BYU was able to take that and use that in order to get the win, and it's just one of those things that now the coaches can go back and say, look, okay, we made these adjustments, we executed, we didn't turn the ball over, which once again, Greg talked about this, two weeks in a row, no turnovers, and guess what, two weeks in a row, two Ws, for BYU, so it's just one of those things that coaches can go back and play, and look, this is what it takes to be successful, and you can keep building off of it when you've got especially a a good team coming in uh, like uh, like the Washington Huskies. Uh, this went in from uh, Asad Elder. Oh, come on, man. Uh, at It's uh, Durbin Wilson. The secondary was the biggest factor. BYU dropped seven or eight almost the whole game, let some passes go, but capitalized on a few misthrown balls. Great team win. Could not uh, agree more. All right, let's check out some other scores in uh, in college football. This game is delayed. Uh, and it's uh, number 19, Iowa at Iowa State. Iowa State with a 7-3 lead, uh, but that game uh, is being delayed. Nearing the end of the first quarter, number 8, Auburn, with a 14-3 lead over Kent State. Number 9, Florida, with a 7 nothing lead on the road at Kentucky. Lamar at number 16, Texas A&M. Aggies with a 13 to nothing lead over Lamar just starting the second quarter. Number 23, Washington, who will be here in Provo next week. Leads Hawaii, and remember, the Rainbow Warriors came into that matchup with a record of 2-0 with wins over Pac-12 teams. Washington leads 14-0. Florida State at number 25, Virginia. They are scoreless, but just uh, underway. It's still 10 and a half minutes to go in the first quarter. Finals from earlier in the day, Arizona State, Herm Edwards, guys. Upset number 18, Michigan State by a final of 10-7. Number two, Alabama gets the win out South Carolina, 47-23. Third-ranked Georgia, the Bulldogs, blank Arkansas State, 55 nothing. Number six, Ohio State wins at Indiana, 51-10. Number seven, Notre Dame all over New Mexico. Lobo struggled in this one, 66-14, the final in favor of the Irish in Salt Lake City at Rice-Eccles Stadium, number 11 Utah improves to 3-0 with a 31-nothing win over Idaho State. Number 13 Penn State defeats Pitt 17 to 10. UCF, Central Florida, 17th ranked, gets the win gets the win over Stanford 45 to 27. That's now two losses in a row for the Cardinal. Number 21 Maryland upset at Temple. Temple gets the win by 3, 20 to 17. Uh, Another game, a couple other games just underway. Uh, Number one, Clemson uh, at Syracuse, scoreless, and Northwestern at number four, LSU. That game also scoreless. Later on tonight, number five, Oklahoma at UCLA, 12th-ranked Texas at Rice. Number 22, Boise State, who will be here in Provo in a couple of weeks, hosting Portland State. And then the late game at 8.45 p.m. Mountain Time, number 15, Oregon. Hosting Montana. All right, we'll take a quick break. If we can get Kalani on the other side, we'll let you hear from the head coach of the Cougars as BYU gets the win, 30 to 27 in overtime. We'll have more of Cougar post game live coming your way next on the New Skin BYU Sports Network.
0: Let's rejoin Jason Shepard for more Cougar Postgame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. All right,
1: final segment of Cougar Postgame Live, and it appears the head coach of the BYU Cougars, Kalani Satake, has sat down in the postgame press conference. Let's listen in. BYU gets the win. Sorry, got to get seven. hydrated.
2: I want to cramp up in the middle of the interview. All right, well, tough game, overtime again, and uh, kept putting a bad spot, a tough spot when we had to, kick a field goal in the overtime you know, on offense and um, proud of the defense was able to make the play and uh, it's been really pleased with the preparation these guys have given us, the effort that our players have given us and hats off to USC, they're a great team, tons of talent and uh, I think they're going to do great in their, uh, in their conference but just really feel fortunate to get this win and uh, we made some plays and, and uh, you know, did some things that were a little bit unconventional on offense and defense and special teams and i uh, just uh, glad that we were able to get the win. I take any questions you guys have.
3: How's, how's the heart rate after two straight of these?
2: Well, I I can do this. If we win the game, I'm good. It doesn't matter. But I don't know. It just it was a lot of fun. I just obviously we don't want to get have this be a habit. But I'll take it if we feel good. We we worked on this these situations um, a lot in camp and spring ball and um, you know with red zone defense, red zone offense. Um, And so we feel really comfortable with what we're doing as a a group and have a a bunch of leadership on this team that really believes in each other and they demand a lot from each other. So um, I think it's easy as a head coach for me to have guys that do it. and uh, that I can lean on, and a uh, senior leadership to everyone on the team, holding each other accountable. That's that's what we're seeing, and our guys are growing and getting better, and we're progressing. Let's uh, get ready for the next one too. So get excited for that that opportunity.
3: Was there anything worse than having to wait for the replay that you had to do that twice in a row to make sure it was the game is over?
2: Yeah, I think they should just let me review it for everyone. <laughs> I've been pretty spot on, except for the one time I took a timeout just to have them review it again. It was more principle than anything, and so um but yeah i just felt like um you know we we, we did some things that uh, took some chances and took some risks but i didn't think we're out of the ordinary but i was just proud of our players and the way they, they performed it i mean offensively defensively and special teams i thought we played really solid and and uh, just really happy that our guys were able to execute and just trust our players i i love our quarterback and he's right there and i want him to know that he knows that already too and and uh Love the way that he works with this team, and and love the leadership on our on our team. And um, you know we sorry we we won this game, and I'm happy about that. But now we have to win and learn, and have a time opportunity to learn for the next one too, because uh, we have a, a big team, a big time opponent coming to town again, and uh, really looking forward to that one.
4: Where does this Cause... game rank in your career as far as not only the win, but the, the
2: bizarreness of the game? I don't know. I I, I just this isn't about me and my rankings of the games. It's just, I was just happy for our players and happy for our fans to get the win and I just uh, as a head coach I have the best view in the house you know so uh, there's moments that I was just a fan enjoying what Coach Grimes and uh, Coach Tuyaki and Coach Lamb are calling and the rest of the assistants were doing an amazing job you know getting it ready and, and demanding a lot from their players and performing well and so um, I think as a head coach it was just it was nice for me to sit back and Show some energy, but have a just really just support the guys as much as I can because I think our coaches and our players did an amazing job.
5: What do you tell no. your defense going into that overtime period knowing that you now you have to field more to
2: work with? They know it. I mean, they, they, they know the urgency that's involved with it. And, you know, we, um, I thought defensively we were able to um, make an air, air raid team rely heavily on the run, and that was a good thing for us, you know, so. Uh, and I thought our guys were able to tough it out a little bit and uh, we asked a lot from that D-line this game and I thought they did an amazing job and um, you know, owning the line of scrimmage as much as they did and, and uh, trying to provide a lot of pressure. to three-man rush. I think most of the time we're in a three-man or four-man rush. and. Um, you know and I, I credit our coaches for sticking to the game plan and keep working i mean i, I don 't we gave up some big chunk plays and that 's u s c has some great talent they 're able to make some big time plays and big time throws uh, but there 's one that we gave up that was that was just a, a blown assignment. And then uh, I just love our guys just keep playing. They just keep working hard, and they keep plugging along. And when we have that type of effort and that type of energy on the sidelines, I think we'll be in a good position. a lot
6: in the past that you want to see your guys play BYU football. That performance today, was that
3: definition of BYU football to you?
2: I thought so. I thought offensively we were able to use all our weapons. You know, you saw a lot of guys make plays, and defensively we were able to rely on our depth. We had some guys, I mean, we were fortunate in the first two weeks to have not have so many injuries, and this one we got kind of banged up in games. I don't think I don't know how severe some of the injuries that we had, but we we're able to go back to our depth that we were trying to really rely on, and those guys stepped up. So proud of those guys, you know, and and, um, and the things that they've done in the off season. This made me so proud of the, with how they performed today. You
0: feel like cool. This is a win that can change the perception of your program.
2: Oh, I don't really care about all that stuff, man. I'm just trying to coach football and have fun with these kids. So. Kalani
5: uh, a couple different times in the game you had a, a short yardage package where you brought in
7: mm-hmm.
5: Austin and Kyrie and, and Diane to get like a yard or two um, it, it worked the one time and getting in the first down the other time you, you got stalled mm-hmm. um, but what do you like about that package and what, what's kind of led you to, to use that in the short yardage
2: situations it's uh, a package that Ed Lamb absolutely loved and we used it last year and, and um you know, I thought it worked for us, and then uh, this week we just got it, the spot wasn't what we wanted, and you know we're an inch short. But so I have a lot of trust in those those guys that performed in that group, and you know we have a lot of things that go along in that package. So we'll see what happens are, are next there week.
5: Specific situations where you look to use that package?
2: Yeah, I'm not going to tell you when they are. So <laughs> what, um, what you you'll just about? have to find out.
5: What were you told on that USC touchdown when he was forced out
2: and came back in? Um, forced out? I don't know. I thought it was offensive P.I., but whatever. I mean, that's the refs have a hard job. I know it's really tough for them. Um, I had a good view of it. They can always ask me. I can give them the call. So give me a flag. I'll make the right call. But overall, I thought they, they did a great job. It's, it's hard. I mean, I, I don't know. i got to go back and look at it again, and I'm always going to be biased, you know. So, But uh, I thought I thought really – they made big plays. You know, we had coverage there and, and the credit to them, they were able to make the play.
5: Looking back to the first quarter, uh, you know, USC scored pretty easily on their first drive, but then that next two drives, you guys were able to get interceptions. How much of that of a momentum shift was that and a confidence boost was that for the defense to get those turnovers? Well,
2: we, we knew those were going to be there. We knew that we were going to have some opportunities to make some turnovers. We even dropped a few today, you know. So, um, uh, we, we feel really comfortable with our opportunity to scheme and strategize but uh, you know our guys had to really execute it. It was the players that were able to believe in the scheme and and for the D linemen to understand their role uh, the three of those guys that just owned the front and um, it, took, it took all of the positions, all 11 guys making it work and uh, listen it didn't go perfectly but I think we were able to establish that they can't do what we wanted them to do you know so we're able to make them be a little bit more balanced. I don't know how many times they ran, how many times they passed, but um, an air raid team that ran the ball more than they threw, I think mission accomplished.
6: Why, did you why, you get, hmm? why right. didn't you kick the field
3: goal on fourth and two? Because
2: I was being selfish and I wanted to get the first down. Uh, that's Me being honest, yeah, I was. that was a fan moment for me, and I was just – a lot of regrets on that one. But, uh, you know, I think I think uh, Jake had just missed the field goal and um, just really wanted to just – I believe in what we did and it was an inch short, short so, uh, you know, i I have to look at it and see if I made the best decision. But I don't know. We'll find out. Maybe I'll, I'll do that again.
7: So can you more. talk about Wilson and just kind of his improvement development in the
2: last couple games? Oh, he's awesome. He, he uh, He's been doing that for a long time. And, listen, he started – the second half of last year, and so he's still kind of in some some learning moments, you know. And but he's he's learning real quick, and and uh, and uh, he's got an amazing football IQ, and he has a great supporting cast to help him. And then he has the work ethic that that is uh, that is is second to none. The guy is a hard worker, and then you match him up with our line, our backs, our receivers, and tight ends, and I think we got something really good, something special happening.
8: touched on defense. Sorry. You touched on defense, but can you really tell us what it felt like to be able to see the defense pull out those key plays, especially considering the, uh, you're out a couple starters?
2: I was just really proud of them. I mean, the boys that stepped up and made plays. I don't even mean, know who caught the last pick. Uh, nine, yeah, and this is the guys that just were, they were excited to be on the field, you know, and um, that's all the guys. And, and the sidelines were all tuned in. We had, all, I mean, we had pretty much the whole team involved in every play. and the energy was really good and strong, and that's that's nothing to do with the head coach. That's the culture of the team and the leadership and the, the awesome dynamic that we have with our players. Is
6: this more the offense and showing you wanted to see in your
2: offense? <laughs> yeah, I have to look at. It. I mean, I think, I think if you ask our our um, offensive players, they they want to do more, you know. But um, the, we can we can take this opportunity to learn, and I I'm glad we can win and learn. Right, so um, we're looking forward to getting better from this week.
6: Thanks, Thanks, coach. I'll answer, I'll answer
2: one more. I can answer one more. more. I'm a former it, player. So.
1: Oh, thank you. How beneficial has it been to have Tyson Williams in the program as a grad transfer, specifically the last two
2: games? Oh, it's huge. And, and um, you know, he, he's uh, been able to focus on football and and school. And, and you ask him, and he said this has been what he needed, where all the focus and, and no distractions has been all ball and school. And so you see the things that he's able to do on the field. But I, I love the things that he does when he doesn't have the ball in his hands. You know, and that, and that goes for all 11 guys on the field. They work really hard, and, man, it's just an honor for me to be their coach. I love it, and uh, just enjoying this moment and, and looking forward to learning from it.
1: Thank you. Thanks, guys. All right, that's the head coach of the BYU Cougars, Kalani Satake. BYU gets the win 30-27 over 24th-ranked USC. That's going to do it for Cougar Postgame Live. Your final score again, 30-27 in OT. BYU moves to 2-1 and one on the season, hosting Washington next week. More interviews from players coming up next. The Cougar Locker Room Show coming up next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: Welcome back to post-game coverage of BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our coverage continues with the Cougar Locker Room Show. Cougar Locker Room Show is brought to you by Utah Community Credit Union. Get more house, same payment at UCCU. It's what we do. Let's head live to the MoBeta's broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
9: BYU 30, USC 27 in overtime. Down to the press conference room, Zach Wilson and Tyson Williams at the podium.
4: The BYU fans and BYU
10: students, sure. It's huge, man. I mean, this is such a big win for us. You know, it's it's like I always say. It's easy to it's easy to go into Monday learning off of a win, right? I mean, we still got so many things we got to get better on, but the fact that we got a win is huge, and you know, I'm so, so proud of this team for battling. Tyson,
4: is it the number? Because you ended the game last week, and ended the game this week. Is
5: it
10: something to do with the number? Uh <laughs> I don't know. I don't big know. time players, man. Yeah. Both of those guys are yeah. big time players, man.
11: Yeah, I just uh like I say Dyne's a great player and then you know, we just all just try to work. Uh, we don't we don't really uh ask for it but you know, if the play comes so you gotta make it. <clears throat>
8: Back the last couple weeks, there's been a parallel. It seems like the defense making a big play jumpstarts you. You and the offense respond in turn and make a big play. Do those guys help you kind of get your feet wet and get the adrenaline rushing and, and get you going
10: over Yeah, it? man. I mean, it's not just us. It's it's the crowd. It gets the crowd going. It gets the guys on the sideline going. And so, you know, it kind of just flip that momentum back on our side, and that was kind of what we needed. That pitch play you used today, is that you saw on the field? Or does that, that offense already? We were, the. The toss, yeah. We, I mean, we've already had everything. Yeah. I mean, that's the best part is we're doing we're doing what we can do and we're not adjusting too much about what other people are doing. So,
6: Tyson, you were not able to, to
4: attend the game, due to work duties, yeah. Serving the military. What would you like to say to Natasha?
11: Um, I know she was tuned in, so um, I have, I probably have to give her a call, but I mean, I love her and I know she's back home supporting, and watching me. Zach,
5: uh, when the offense got down there inside the town, USC gets the fourth down stop and they go ninety yards to, to get the go ahead touchdown. What was kind of the going through the, the minds of the guys on offense when you got back out there? I mean what what was kinda of your mindset after that going down some points?
10: Yeah, just knowing um you know, just knowing we can make plays against these guys, super talented team, but you know, no matter what happens giving up a touchdown or momentum's on their side, whatever it is. You know, we, we know what we're capable of as an offense, and we know we can make plays rushing, passing the ball, whatever it is, and so we just had to do what we had to do. Do
5: you feel like as an offense that you made pretty significant strides from – Week two against Tennessee, week three against
10: USC. Yeah, I mean, I thought we did well, but there's you know there's always so many things to get better on. I mean, I got so many things I, I missed in that game that I, I can improve on. I'm sure Ty feels the same way, and so, you know, we're glad we came out with the W, but it's a great learning experience for us, too. Zach,
1: take us through that, that, that final chunk yardage play where you were, you were able to find Gunnar Romney, extend the play keep out downfield.
10: Yeah, I, I just remember looking for my over route, and uh, we had some pressure coming up from the right side, and... Um, you know, I was able to get away from it a little bit, and I just remember looking up and seeing seeing the poster a Gunner was wide open. It's honestly a terrible throw, but it was a great job by him coming back and in high point. It. it was a huge play in the game. I was happy for Gunner that he was able to come and come down with that catch.
6: On that third down run, they stopped you short. It looked like you struggled to get up a little bit. where you just?
10: or what was I just had, you know, like when you get kneed in the, in the calf or in the thigh and you got one of those little deep bruises, I, I got hit in the, and it got hit right in the butt, my left butt cheek and out, my leg was dead, so I was just taking my time.
11: And the last question, you
5: touchdown run in the fourth, I don't know if you addressed this already, did you, was that a design quarterback draw? Or yeah. Did you see something?
10: Yeah, great play call. I mean, we had uh, almost, almost everyone in the secondary out of the box and, um, you know, we had routes tagged and, you know, it's kind of um, take what they give us and and on that one uh, we had a perfect design to to have the quarterback run it up the middle
9: thanks guys so, all right i'll take a break Diango Moloku and kavika fonua next here on the new skin byu sports network
0: this is the cougar locker room show on the new skin byu sports network now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
9: BYU 30, USC 27 in overtime. BYU's leading tacklers, Kavika Fonua and Diane Gomoliku at the podium. Diane also had the game-sealing INT down at the podium.
12: Head. He's a young quarterback, so it was like, you can play up and then bail and stuff. So just messing with the quarterback's head, that's one thing we tried to change and work on. And it was working a little bit, but he just like look one way and then roll out to the other way. So it was just like messing with the quarterback. You guys are
4: seniors. What do you think this kind of win can do for you, for the program?
12: I think it's big, like we don't, we play good away in big like big games like Tennessee like that and it's good winning there and like seeing all the fans there, but it's obviously seeing this environment at home, it's just, it's crazy seeing our fans happy, seeing them rush the field, that's what, like, that's what we live for, we want to win in front of them and protect Lavelle's house and uh, that's what we did and it was just like an exciting moment just, I don't know what even think I got tramples and I seen fans I, I don't know how they got on the field so fast I was like who are you you're not on <laughs> just random people like quick I was like they're scoring fast but it's just a good feeling. Ryan, you
5: score a touchdown
12: and, uh, and get the game clenching interception is this kind of the game that
5: you, you dream about and why you came here?
12: Oh yeah I just want I just want to be a playmaker like offense defense special teams I just go 100 doesn't matter that's how you make just making plays no matter what coach wants you to go play and I take pride in like uh, special teams, especially just that's like your plus one. That's how you get your extra uh, tackles in, working on stuff. So
4: I really enjoy that. my question on what this can do for the program. Oh man, it just builds the confidence really. Um, just even going to the end of the to the game, we had no doubt that we we're gonna win it, just like Tennessee. So that confidence boost, um, being away, we're always good, and now we're just trying to get that confidence back in. A, um, the home stadium. Diane, what's it like to go through that replay? Because, I mean, you're the only one that had the ball and you know knew what happened with the ball, but you got to
3: wait and see if the refs are going to yeah. confirm it or overturn it, and then <clears> you <throat> might have to go back out on the field, or, you know, you
12: don't know what, what what's that moment like. It was crazy. Like, I knew I caught it. Like, Micah rushed up to me. I was like, bro, I caught it. Like, because <laughs> I knocked the wind out myself to keep my hands underneath. I was like, I don't care if I get hurt. I just, Ugh. I woke up I was, mm, but, you know, <laughs> I knocked the wind out myself. So I was for sure, like, I caught it. But, you know, the refs, you never know what's going to happen. So me and Mike were just on the bench just like, bro, this, like, it's good. We, like, we got this. So we didn't, like, have any doubt that I didn't catch it. But it turned out on our side. So it was, it was good. kind of
4: redemptive because the disputed call that went their way on the touchdown? On me? Yeah. Wasn't
12: that on you? The- yeah. Okay. So it was, I don't know, it was just like, it was a P.I., but, you know, like, on to the next one I was just like, I'm going to keep challenging you. I don't care if you're going to. The refs going to give you that touchdown while I'm challenging you.
6: That short yardage package you
12: guys use, how did you get involved in being on in that package? Like I said, coach called my number. I was like, I'm here. <laughs> they had Tyson on there behind me. I'm like, please call me. Like, I can run too. <laughs>
4: no, even in high school, we would go against each other <laughs> <laughs> too. So. Yeah, so I like, I played running back. I have some yeah. experience. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Kavika,
1: you've moved around a lot. safety, the outside linebacker running back middle linebacker
3: you led the team in tackles i believe how does it feel that does it feel like you finally
4: found a home that middle linebacker how does it feel? um i'm still willing to learn new new positions all the time but it feels amazing that i can stay in one spot for right now
5: <laughs> diane how
4: was it working
5: with some new guys considering sawyer and zane
12: oh uh, it was like we trust all of our guys in the secondary and like it's all about communications. If you call the, if they, if the safeties give us the wrong call, like, as long as we're on the same page, it's right. So that's just how it is. And they did a great job out there. They didn't panic. They just did their job.
4: Any other question? you've had
3: two of these in a row. What's that like on the
4: heart rate? Or is this what you want for college, you know, from being a college football player to play in these types of exciting down-to-the-wire games? I mean, it sucks when you're killing the team by halftime and then you have to go out can't can't play anymore but man we lived for this just it's an amazing feeling um to be with our with our brothers out there like going to the final minute so
1: do you feel like the uh in this home setting that's been difficult to win, um, do you feel like the fans stepped up and were pretty
12: loud in this game? Big time, like on a third down play they had to call a timeout and like that's like the feeling it was like when we were at Tennessee, like their fans were so loud like <laughs> We had to like change things up on offense and I felt that when their offense was going and they called that time, I was like, Yeah, that's what it's about. You feel me? Lavelle's house rocking right now. <laughs> All right, thanks guys. All right.
9: Thanks, All right, back with more of the Cougar Locker Room Show from Lavelle Edwards Stadium after we tell you the title and escrow can be complicated. With over 50 years' experience in Utah, Provo Land Title has the expertise to navigate your buying, selling, or building project. Provo Land Title, making the complicated easier. More from Provo after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
9: Welcome back to Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo, where BYU defeats ranked USC. Number 24, USC falls to BYU by a score of 30-27 to in overtime. Pleasure to have with us now on the broadcast, Kyrus Tonga. Kyrus, good to speak with you. I appreciate it. Thank you. So the numbers for Kyrus tonight show four solo tackles, including a sack, which is also a TFL, and two PBUs, two passes broken up. Riley Nelson, before we get down to Kyrus on this, for a nose tackle to have those kind of numbers, that's impact.
6: No question, and I, uh, I want to hear what Kyrus feels like. Every time he had one-on-one coverage, he was living in the backfield, so I think uh, he, I don't know how he's going to feel about it. He'll probably welcome the double teams that he's going to get, but I don't think the team will make – teams further on the schedule will make the same mistake of leaving this guy trying to block him one-on-one because he was wreaking havoc today
11: how was it out there kyrus hey you know, still on cloud nine right now it was it was it was great it was a it was a great team win we're we're just super happy right now it's the hard work paid off so it's been good
9: so a little more than two weeks ago you guys were at this field after having lost in the season opener uh not a great night not a fun night and and here we are a little more than two weeks later entirely different feeling and vibe thousands of fans on the field with you can you contrast the two experiences from game one to game three
11: nine day difference um i don't know game one we we're really hyped we came in really pumped um we just couldn't execute uh, there's times where uh utah capitalized on a lot of plays and uh we just couldn't bounce back um today uh even though they scored first our defense continued to to just just go out and relish their role as a uh, as a D lineman, as our backers, everyone was doing their 111. Even though we knew they were going to come in and make big plays, we just told ourselves we just got to continue to, to to work, get them off the field, and put our offense back on the field. And our offense did great. So it was a it was a great game plan for us. Kyris, you're looked at by the
6: fans and I think by your own teammates as the leader of this defensive line unit, and it's one that, especially after that Utah game, we've seen a lot more platooning. I think you know we see six, seven, eight, even I think nine guys played today, and all of them seem to execute and do their job. Can you talk about leading this group of, of seven or or eight defensive linemen that are expected to not only play but make plays week in and week out?
11: yeah we just uh as a d line we just feed off each other 's energy um if if one play if one player makes a play that 's all of our sacks if, if someone gets a sack that 's a whole d line sack We have a thing uh in our d- defensive line room um each tackle that we make that 's all of our tackles so <laughs> i don 't know how many zo uh tackles made like i mean i don't know how many tackles zo made or zach Dahl made but that, those are my tackles too and that goes out to like nice uh all the way down to uh all the other players so uh, we share man we we get pumped up with each other we get each other ready and uh, it's just a good vibe I don't even feel like I'm leading anyone I feel like everyone's just, just doing their thing leading each other and uh, it, it's been working out
9: because I'm here to give you answers, Kyrus. Zoe had three tackles, all okay. solo, including including a sack, and he had a fumble forced, and Zach Daw had uh, had two tackles, and they were solos as well. Hey, I love you, I love you. <laughs> so, you know, Diane Gomoliku gets the first touchdown of the day, in addition to the INT to end mm-hmm. it, the thing is, you were, you were on the field with Diane, too, for mm-hmm. that first touchdown. We've seen the formation, we call it scrum. And uh, I, I mistakenly called Tyson. I saw five out there, and I I didn't make the switch in my mind, so I called the wrong guy. But it was Diane, and you're there too. What's your objective on that play, you personally?
11: Uh, I, I'm just there to kick the end guy out. So uh, our our line did great. They uh, they all crashed down, and then that that little the backer is just standing there. So my job is to kick him out, and uh, the rest is history. Just that big hole. So uh, they they did good. Uh, the second time later going, in the game, yeah, yeah, they did good. They I going props prosper that, but it's a it's a great play. It comes in handy.
9: Is that a fun formation to be a part of? And could you ever get the ball in I, that
11: formation? I'm hoping. I'm <laughs> I'm praying. I'm hoping, but it's just fun just to be out there scoring. So it's good.
9: Okay, can you give us uh, your perspective of what happened after Diane got that pick in overtime? What happened next to you?
11: <sighs> Man, I just remember. I didn't even I didn't even know he got a pick. Um, I go. I thought they got the first down, so I turned around quick to uh, to go down. And um, I just seen guys jumping over our our fence and, and people rushing the field. And I look at the top and it was game over. So uh, I was I was confused, but I will take it, man. Dine, Dine did great. Our whole our whole defense stepped up, and I'm proud of them. And I'm grateful to be with them. So, Kyros,
6: how long did it take you to get through that mass and sea of people to actually get into the locker room to celebrate with your teammates? Because it's fun to celebrate with the fans, but it's even yeah. more fun to celebrate in the locker room. But I bet it took you what 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, I didn't.
11: even, As soon as I walked in, I took my pads off. They said, "Hey, you got an interview." So I didn't. <laughs> even, I didn't even get to celebrate. So, uh, but it's good. I'll celebrate later with the boys. Go hang out, man. But it's been. It's fun. I'm, I'm grateful
9: for them. USC came in 2-0. and Kyrus ranked 24th in the country. And you guys still had some things to prove to some people, probably, even though they had the, you had the nice win last week. What does this say about BYU's potential in uh, 2019, do you think?
11: I think the sky's the limit. Um, it's, it, we started off rough, uh, but we knew we knew what we had. This, these next couple of games are tough. We know our schedule's tough, and we got to play tough, and we prepare like that. And practice, practice is tough. because Kalani makes it hard on us, and uh, these are the type of games that uh, – uh, that we want um, it 'll be nice to have a blowout, but uh when it, when times come like this, uh, we just uh expect to execute and um, deliver and, and that 's what happened and it, it comes with all the hard work that we 've been doing uh, during practice and the off season
9: well ranked team ranked pac twelve team this week you got the win ranked uh, Pac-12 team next week, and maybe you can go uh, two for two against these guys. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It was fun watching you play today, Kairos. It always is, but uh, great impact, and we look forward to seeing a ton more of you this season. Way to go. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, that is Kyrus Tonga with us on the Cougar Locker Room Show. We'll take a break. More from Provo next. BYU 30, USC 27, 24th ranked USC 27. You heard it here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
9: For the fifth time in the last seven seasons, BYU has defeated a ranked team. Maybe more to come. We shall see. But for today, it's BYU defeating number 24, USC, 30-27 to 27 in overtime. Diane Gomoliku with the game-sealing and game-winning INT in the extra session. In our final segment of the Cougar Locker Room Show, let's head back down to the Cougar Locker Room, and I think we have Aleva Hefo on the headset. Aleva, is this you? Yes, it is. Great to have you on. Congrats on the win. Thank you very much. It was a fun one. That was. Three catches, 30 yards, and a couple of rushes, as well as punt return duty for Aleva today. When someone asks you to sum up your Saturday afternoon, what are you going to say?
7: It was fun. I'm glad that we were able to get that win in the afternoon. I could to enjoy the rest of my Saturday with my family. And just a crazy way to go go out like that in front of Les. So it was good for us. Aleva, I have been so impressed with this team because they
6: are the definition of a team in that you have different players contributing every week from all facets of the team, whether it's offense, defense, special teams, and in all phases of those how do you as a senior on this team promote that kind
7: of participation and contribution from all of your teammates? It's good that we can learn on other guys, not just the guys who are in, in, starting in the game. We, I'm pretty sure Zach to through to um, eight, guy, eight different guys today, and that's huge for us. We know that we have depth at, at that position. We have running backs that can run the ball. And more importantly, we're emphasize, we emphasize um, finish, and that's good. it's good for our offense being able to help our
9: defense out when they pick us up. Zach Wilson today finished uh, by, by completing 11 of his last 12 pass attempts it seems as the game went along he got stronger got better uh, and made, a, made made some really nice individual plays i go back to that uh, that that touchdown run um, which is pretty impressive in of itself but before that he finds Gunnar romney downfield after avoiding two guys in the backfield you can't see everything he's doing but could you get a sense of the kind of plays he was making oh
7: yeah it, a lot of those plays are plays that he's making by himself um, it's good that we have a mobile quarterback like that. So when things when the pocket collapses, he's able to still look downfield and use his legs as well. So it's good that that Gunner was open. It's good that he he knifed up the field for that for that QB draw, and it was it helped us out a lot knowing that we have a quarterback to keep the defense on their toes. Leva, you uh, there
6: wasn't much going in the fly sweep game, but I've always admired the way that. Your participation in the run game by running the fly sweeps, but also as you catch short passes in the quick game, your ability to get yards after catch. Talk a little bit about, because it's kind of been all BYU today, but I want to give credit. This is a good USC defense and a good USC team that seemed to play fast sideline to sideline. Talk a little bit about how they
7: made things tough and then how you guys were able to exploit it. Oh yeah, it's a lot of credit to USC. They have talent all across the board from their D lines to their linebackers, their, especially their DBs. They have guys that can run with you, um, step by step, and they have guys that will jam you and play off zone as well. So it was good for us and a good challenge for us to come out and challenge them as well because they definitely did. Um, there are times where they, where they
9: um, had better plays, and, and I'm glad that we were able to overcome those. So I think you might agree on this one, Aleva, But just the the, the, the Tennessee team you saw last week there. That was a better effort you got from them than they put out in their first game. That was a better Tennessee team you saw, and you won that game in Neyland. Tough place to play and win. Now you beat a USC team that's ranked the very next week. What is this beginning to say about the kind of team you guys could be this year?
7: It's, um, it's, it's good that we're finally able to start putting it together um, on all phases of the ball, from special teams, defense, and offense. Um, I felt like um, a lot of times in, in that very first game, defense, they picked us up a lot. And I felt like we didn't do our part in these last two weeks. I feel like offense finally came up and, and held our own. So when we do that, a lot of teams are not going to be able to beat us.
9: Okay, a quick word from you about the next ranked Pac-12 team coming in next Saturday. you got got UW.
7: Oh, very talented team. Again, a, a, talent all across the board. Guys are highly recruited and a team, a, a program that's well-respected in college football. And for us, we just have to go out and be consistent and not hurt ourselves and make sure that we, we don't have any pre-snap penalties. That's
9: the biggest thing for us.
7: Okay, penalties one thing.
9: I'll ask you one last thing before letting you go. For the second straight week, Aleva, offense has been turnover free. How huge is that?
7: That's huge. That's very, very huge. Um, as you know, in the Utah game, I'm pretty sure we had two or three. Two that resulted in uh, points for the defense. And and for us, our big emphasis is um, to not give the ball away. And if we if we can't get the ball away, and it puts us in a really good position to go down and score.
9: You guys are plus three in the margin today. No turnovers once again. And a big win. Eleva, congrats. Hey, thank you very much. That is Eleva Hifo. We will come back with the Cougar game coaches show, including comments from USC's coach Clay Helton, and a lot of Q&A with your guy, Kalani Sitake. BYU 30, USC 27 in overtime. Cougars defeat the ranked Trojans here at LaValle Stadium right here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: Post-game coverage of BYU football continues with the Cougar Post-Game Coaches Show, brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg
9: Rubel. Well, before today, USC was one of six teams that BYU played more than once without at least one win. So after today, that number's down to five teams. Uh, Florida State 0-4, Iowa State 0-4, Ohio State 0-3, Oklahoma State 0-2, and then there's Stanford 0-2. That's the only Pac-12 team BYU's now never beaten after defeating USC today. BYU had been 0-2 against USC until today, but BYU fixes that rally with a 30-27 win in overtime. We've already had, in just the short time we've had together, uh two pretty darn dramatic finishes and two great wins for BYU.
6: You know, I feel like it's karma coming back around cuz the first game was <laughs> a, a, an underwhelming performance against a rival with an hour and 20 minute a lightning delay. So I will take it if uh, you know there's to win back-to-back games in overtime against opponents from the sec and the pac-12 which are the cream of the crop of college football is not to be understated so uh, it has really been a treat to be on the broadcast and call these games and to forget calling them and broadcasting them but just to be here to witness it's been a
9: pleasure Time now for the Mountain America field goal recap. For each field goal BYU makes, Mountain America donates $500 to the American Red Cross. Today, the Cougars made three field goals for a running total of eight this season, bringing the donation total to $4,000 on the year. Kalani Sitake is soon to join us here in the broadcast booth between now and then. Let us hear from uh, Clay Helton, the head coach of USC. USC falls today to BYU. They fall to 2-1 and one on the year. Our intern Hayden, Hayden Wallace, got these comments from the coach a short time ago. Here they are.
3: ...extremely hard, uh, and they made one more play than than we did tonight. Um, You know, any times that you have three turnovers to the other team's none and you're on the road, that's going to put you in a hole. And uh, tonight we came up one play short of getting out of that hole. Uh, I love how the kids keep fighting uh, and keep competing. This is one game early in the season. We'll correct it, uh, and we'll move on to the next one. This is going to be a special team, mark my words, because there's special kids on this team, and they're learning with every snap. Um, And um, I'm proud of them, and uh, I look forward to the next opportunity to compete. With that, uh, we'll take any questions that you got.
4: What did you see on the read on the press pass? What did you see on the hands
3: read? Um, We'll have to watch it on tape. It was a spacing play uh, to try to hit one of the voids, um, and uh, we'll have to be able to see. Uh, in where it was. Uh, my my gut tells me they went strong rotation. I think the backside might have be a little bit more open, uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Clay, I know a lot the game
1: about... for this year for you guys has been so what now. Yeah. Is this the kind of game you can say
3: so what after? I mean, uh, no question. That's what I told them in there. That's what I told them in there. This team is built for this, you know, to have adversity and then overcome it. And um, this is a non-conference game early in the season that we'll have to dig our way out of. Um, we got a big game next week uh, again, uh, and just like this one was, uh, against another great Utah team. And we uh, don't have any time to sulk. It's Friday night, so we've got to get on this plane, and we've got to get right back to work tomorrow morning.
8: Clay, I know you talked a lot about maturity and yeah. for this game. Yeah as you look back at the game now how do you evaluate your team's mentality I guess
3: I I think they're tough as heck to be honest with you because you have two early turnovers in the red zone and they they only get 10 points out of that we were able to create one of those stops and then get it back to a 17-17 ball game at halftime on the road Um, you know get up uh, get up in the second half and then they make a couple plays and we make a couple plays and we find ourselves in overtime and, uh, thought the defense did a really nice job on the first series in overtime. And we had the opportunity to close the door and you know what? The ball bounced the wrong way. And, uh, that happens sometimes in, in football. In the overtime, uh,
10: in overtime after the first play, you go for a loss. Why run
4: again when you need 11
3: to 11 Uh, to get a third and manageable, um, a third and manageable, which it did, you know, you went from second and 10 to third and five. Uh, and, uh, Um, Thought it was a nice run by the kid. Thought it was a good play call by Grant. You know, instead of putting the kid in, all of a sudden you miss a pass and you get, you know, another third and ten situation or long. Um, You know, he got got it to a manageable distance. And um, um, that's all you can ask for is you try to get half on second down and then complete the third down um, and and get the first. But we, we didn't get that done.
4: How much did the two early interceptions change
3: the game plan and what you wanted to go? Um, you know, I thought Graham did a nice job because, it, as you saw tonight, it was a ton of drop eight um, trying to force the run game, and we end up, I think, with 170-plus uh, yards uh, on the night. Um, uh, you know, and it, it was one of those where they were going to force the issue there, um, had some RPOs, uh, and were able to get a deep ball shot. Corners were playing deep, and we caught them in a – Caught him in a little bit of a, um, a tempo play where the corner kind of fell asleep and uh, Pitt was able to get by him and make a heck of a catch. I thought he had him again. I uh, thought he had him again. I look forward to seeing the call on the pass interference. Um, but uh, um, it was uh, one of those games. It didn't go our way. We'll have to rebound and get it next week.
9: All right, that is uh, Clay Helton, head coach of the USC Trojans. His nationally ranked team comes into Provo today and falls to BYU in overtime. We are pleased to be joined. In the broadcast booth, by BYU head coach Kalani Sitake, back-to-back weeks, back-to-back wins, back-to-back overtimes. How are you feeling, Coach? I'm feeling great.
2: <laughs> Ankles are healthy now, so um, I'm feeling great and just so so happy for the for this win. And uh, I just felt like it was uh, such a cool evening, a cool cool afternoon, and and just a great experience for our players and our fans. And uh, it was it was awesome
9: to watch. If there was one thing that this game came down to, what might it be for BYU today?
2: Um, I, I think for us, just we were resilient again, you know. And um, there, there are moments where it could have been easy to just give up, and our guys are on top of it from the very beginning and, and to the end. And, and uh, we had a lot of fun, man. The guys were loose, and I, th- I thought they're they're excited to play the game, and they're trusting each other. And, and it took all three phases to to, to function well. And um, I, I'm really happy with the way the coaches uh, prepared the, this team, and uh, really happy with the leadership on our on our uh, from our players and. And not just the uh, seniors, but from everyone. It, it, it was a, a great team win, and, and uh, it was uh, an honor for me to watch it as a head coach.
6: Coach, in your post-game presser, <clears throat> you were asked the question, does this win change the perception of your team, to which you said, I don't care about that. That's hard for the fans to believe because we, as fans, that's all we care about is how our team is being perceived on a local or a national stage. But in my opinion, and being a former player, you do not win – Back-to-back overtime games against opponents of this caliber without being in the right mental mindset. So tell us how you, as a co- how you as the head coach, get your staff and your players to truly turn out, tune out all of the noise out there, and focus on the task at hand because it's showing on the field.
2: I, I trust the players, and uh, you know, for for me, it was it was simple to to, to have them have such a huge and integral part in, in helping our team and the culture of it. And so I trust our players to make, make decisions. And, um, and my job is to facilitate their dreams. And that's all I do as a head coach. And, um, you know, it's, it's, a uh, it's a credit to their families and how they're raised. And and we're really tapping into more than just the football part. We're tapping into the, how much they love each other, how much they care for each other, how much they love representing this school and the church and, um, how it's important for them to play with sportsmanship and honor and, and all that stuff that that goes into it these guys do a lot of service and they help so many people uh with the role that they're in and 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 the status that they have as a, as a football player but uh when i say I, didn't, I don't really care about that it's just like i get i'm lucky i get to be around these young men you know and i get to be around awesome fans and so uh uh i think the perception we just what it doesn't really matter i, I we had a great moment a great experience and and uh, and, uh memories that will last forever and then that that's uh I can't wait to make some more.
9: <laughs> you got to be around a lot of awesome fans, like really up close at the end of this game oh, yeah. tonight. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, and it, it was uh, it was perfect. I'll take it, you know. And uh, I, I was able to hug a bunch of fans, and I said, uh, my goal in, as my as a head coach at BYU is to hug every fan out there, and uh, we got a lot of do- a lot of that done today. And and uh, just it was so much fun, man. I I didn't want it to end. I love the fact that they were storming the field and and. <laughs> Stepping on my toes, it felt great, you know. So um, th- those were those moments that I remember as a kid storming the field and jumping up and down and being around great football players like Ty Detmer and Steve Young and, you know, just being enjoying Vaisa Kahama and lick and all those guys that I can name. And, and uh saw a lot of young people today enjoying themselves and saw a lot of old people too. It was a lot of fun.
9: Okay, today's game, uh, three more takeaways, zero giveaways. Let's go back the last two games, both wins. It's four takeaways. It's zero giveaways on offense. And look at these four takeaways. It's a turnover leading to a Tyson touchdown last week at Tennessee, which was in a a scoring area. This week, it's a pick in a scoring area. You end up with a touchdown. It's an INT in a scoring area. You get a field goal. Then it's an INT in the same kind of area to end the game. Those are crucial, crucial plays where you need to have them. (laughs)
2: Yeah, and and, uh, and, uh, in between that, there are some that we dropped, you know, so um – uh uh I'm the coach and I'm gonna go nothing can be enough. So I, I I'm still wishing we would have caught that one that was bouncing around towards the end of the game. The one that was in the red zone down here. Um and so I'm I'm always gonna analyze that stuff. I'm always gonna analyze my decision to go for it on fourth down instead of kick the field goal. So uh I'm I'm still trying to get better as well as a head coach and uh so I'm I'm getting in that mode now where I wanna get to the film and, and find a way to get better because our fans and our players deserve that
9: by the way dion as a true playmaker makes the int after earlier in the game scoring a touchdown as a running back so he can kind of do it all <laughs> yeah
2: and and uh, it's it's a good good year to wear number 5 you know so evidently um, yeah dion you know it's it's crazy dion makes some great plays and there's times that it's really quiet and that's when he's doing his job as a corner uh when you don't hear about what's happening on his side of the bo- of the ball you know and uh, I think he was really hungry for this. He 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 was saying it during the sideline. He was that law of attraction. He was just saying, "I'm going to make this play. I'm going to make a play." And and you know, it was one of those things where the players were just anxious to, and and urgency to get, to make the play when it came their way. And I'm glad they did it.
6: Coach, one of the things I've been so immensely impressed of it from. Both your play callers, but also your players is their poise. Last week, Tennessee went away from the run game that was giving them success in the second half on a couple key third down decided to put the ball in the air. Today, USC went away. They were You guys were giving routes up to the sideline, right? You were giving them quick outs and using the sideline as a defender. And in key moments of the game, they decided to go over the middle, um, which was trouble all night for them. How, how have you architected this program in a way that your play callers, your staff and your players remain poised in situations where the opponent seems to be cracking and deviating from their plan. You guys stick with it and it always seems to work out for you.
2: I think these guys just trust they trust the coaches. I trust them, you know. And when we looked at this game plan on offense, defense and special teams, it made a lot of sense and and, and it's it's a little different than what you're used to, you know, especially when you're defending this type of offense an air raid type of offense and like I said it before, I played in this offense, I know the route progression, I know what, what their looks are going through, I know what their, when, when their primary receiver's taken away, what their looks are going to be, and so, um, and it's a very explosive offense, and, you know, there, there's some teams that were saying, well, maybe you should, people should slow the game down and all that, oh, I'm going to be aggressive, I'm going to go for it on fourth down, and uh, there's a, there's, you know, I'm going to waste a time out when they tell me that you're going to waste it, out of principle, you know, and, and. Uh, and when I did that, the players, uh, they, they continued, continually telling me that they had it. They, they said, Coach, we got this. We got this. Mike Simons pulling me off the field. And, you know, I, I got to c- control my uh, emotions. But um, when, when I feel like the guys have been done wrong because they worked so hard for this, I'm going to say something, you know. And, and uh, that's how I felt. And, uh, you know, whether I was right or wrong, it, it didn't really matter at the moment. And I'm glad that those time us didn't come to hurt us but i'm glad the players had my back and that they had each other's back but to answer your question they believe in these coaches the coaches believe in them and there's some moments where you just have to let the guys play and make and just let loose and have fun you know and and uh we will ask them there's a lot of collaboration that goes on on the sideline from our players to our our coaches and and what they feel comfortable with you know and kairos was saying i can i can own the line of scrimmage up front just trust us and mm. said okay you know and, and uh uh, I'm, I'm glad our coaches have that great relationship with the players. I'm glad our players, who when they're they're tired and 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 they feel like they can come off the field and trust their backups to go in and make plays and have an an effect in the game. And uh, I mentioned about it in the in the press conference that that we had to rely on our depth this going through the schedule. And the season, and I'm, the depth stepped up, man. I, those guys made yeah. some big time plays. We used a lot, a number of guys. And
9: you were not at full strength <laughs> today coming in.
2: No, no, and, and and that was a little bit of a surprise because Sawyer Powell was, you know, we're we're always concerned with our guys, but the, we he didn't clear the protocol, and so we had to take him out. And and then uh, Zane Anderson was struggling with, with his with his injury as well. So we we were kind of evaluating that a little bit more. But you know, in the game, we had guys get banged up. I don't know if it's anything too serious, but uh, that that happens sometimes in games where, where guys get nicked up and and they can't continue to m- finish the drive, and yet they're relying on, on 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 other guys to make plays. And we had to shift some some positions around, and saw a lot of young guys on defense make plays, and I saw a young offensive line really grow up real quick, and a lot of young guys just just gained the valuable experience. I mean, uh, you're looking out there and you see Matt Crittle and and Max Tooley and and Wilgar and. Jackson Kafusi and Kavika Fanua, you know, and Chaz Ayu and all these guys making plays at linebacker, and then we're using our safeties. Bo Tanner had a huge game at safety. And Malik Moore and and Austin Lee was solid. So these guys, I mean, I I could probably name, you know, over 25 guys that can, that were uh, main contributors to our our defense. And then on offense, we had uh, a bunch of guys that we used too on on the field. And you saw how Zach was able to spread the ball around and and different targets and how he trusts. Uh, the, the receivers to make plays. He threw, I think, those dax that made the touchdown down here. and uh, that, That's a great dynamic that we have in this team, and, and it's, a, it's a huge credit to our players and the leadership and the communication they have with their coaches.
9: More with Kalani Sitake. Coming up next, this is the Cougar Game Coaches Show, BYU 30 and 24th-ranked USC 27 right here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: You're listening to the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
9: We are live from Lavella Stadium where 62,546 were in attendance. And a good number of them ended up on the field at the end of the game to celebrate this overtime win, 30 to 27, over USC. Kalani Sitake with us in the broadcast booth. Uh, Kalani, first game you guys played this year, 55 plays you snapped last week, 60 today, 74, a bigger number. And uh, it's not always just about number of plays, but tempo was used really effectively, I thought today. That when you went to tempo, it really, I thought, got USC um, scrambled.
2: Yeah, we we are we're, we're trusting our our conditioning, you know, and and. Um I thought the conditioning came in handy last week when we were in, in in Tennessee, and definitely came in handy today when it was hot. I mean, we practiced in that afternoon time, and from you know four to six, and so we're we're right there. We we were feeling it, and we knew that the the heat was going to be a factor. And uh, I just love the way Coach Grimes had this this uh, offense ready to play, and we used a, no- a number of of trick plays, even fake reverse, you know, stuff like that that keep them on their toes. And it was a it was big time for us. and Uh, Like I said, it it was a a well-executed game plan on all three phases of the the ball, and uh, that's what it was going to take with the energy that we got from our fans and from the sidelines, and uh, I'm just glad, man. I I think I felt like it was kind of headed that way anyways, and then glad we were able to make the
9: plays. Zach Wilson had passing stats, rushing stats, and a receiving stat today. Yeah. Jaron Hall threw him a ball.
2: You did, yeah, that's right, so, yeah. yeah there's there's uh, more room to improve, but i was just really pleased with how he played, and Zach made some really good decisions, yeah. you know, and um I know that uh he's just he's just really on top of it and he- start, you can start to see him grow a lot.
6: Coach, in the last segment, we talked about all the different defensive players contributing. 11, if you count Zach, well, 11 players caught a ball from Zach, and then Zach himself caught a ball, so that's 12 different players caught a ball. Mike Leach, who's often associated as one of the godfathers of the air raid, said that balance isn't between pass and run, it's between spreading the ball throughout your playmakers. So with all all that was made of the air raid coming in here to Lavelle Edwards Stadium, uh, you know, to me, it, it was clear who was who was running air raid, but without all the pomp and circumstance. Were your guys motivated by all the attention and love that USC was getting coming into their own house on a nationally televised game for that opportunity?
2: Of course. I mean, I, we try to keep our guys focused on what, what really matters the most, but these guys, they, they know what's being said and um, questions that are being mentioned out there. And, you know, it's just like the um, – so I, I – don't stop showing my dance moves. But uh, the uh, – <laughs> Yeah, but they know what's being said out there and the difficulties that's going to happen. And we played a lot of man coverage today, man. So uh, for for a, 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 one of the best receiving corps in in uh, college football, I thought our guys manned them up pretty well, and, and uh, we made some mistakes. Don't get me wrong, but USC made some big time plays. But I thought for the most part, we were able to battle with them and show that we we can contend with those those great athletes on the field.
9: What has happened with this team and to this team from week 1 to week 3 do you think?
2: Oh, well, we have grown a lot. I, I felt like week 1 we were more um just really tight, you know, and and, and uh it seems like everybody was afraid to make a mistake and then we end up making mistakes and and uh that was kind of hard going into it cuz we're still a really young group and and uh but I thought you know the way that we they were able to bounce back and learn from it. I mean, take nothing away from Utah. They're a great team, but they're they're a really heavy leadership team on on the senior side and and our guys, um, they knew that there was a missed opportunity. We made mistakes there, and then, you know, I thought they grew from week one to week two, and definitely from two to three. And then now we're looking forward to the next one.
9: Uh, you're three and over, three uh, and zero in overtime, by the way. So that, that's a good thing. Um, back in your first season, you beat Toledo here, and then went on the road and beat Michigan State on the road back to back. Those were the last games in which BYU was turnover free in consecutive weeks. You've done it again with Tennessee and now USC. You don't turn the ball over. You're going to give yourself a shot to win every game, and you've got a great record in those kind of games.
2: Yeah, and we've been really um, harping on that with our with our players, and more than anything, they've been they've been the ones that have been demanding it from each other, hmm. uh, taking care of the football. If you come watch practice, you can hear that's one of the main things that our our players say to each other is ball security, taking care of the football, and then making good decisions from our quarterback. And 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 uh, it, it it takes the whole team to make it work. I, I thought I thought uh you know. Punting game from from, uh, Oldroyd did some really good things for us, too. He can get the ball way up in the sky and and makes it easy for us to cover. And so uh, this has been a really good game for us, and I'm just really excited about the lessons that we can learn from this with a win.
6: Since you uh, brought up the special teams, one thing I commented on during the game, in previous games, you've been kicking the ball through the end zone, just taking the touchback. I thought it was an interesting strategy. They were kicking high loopers, let the coverage team go down, and I thought, man, SC's got these explosive guys back there, these returners, why are we taking the chance? But... Uh, you stopped him short of the 25. In other words, that strategy paid off, I think, on every kick but one when he only made it back to the 25, maybe the 26. Talk a little bit about that special team strategy because uh, field position was big in this game, um, especially as it came down to the wire.
2: Well, when you come with a game plan against the number one kick return team in the country and Coach Lamb says we're going to kick it to him and cover uh, you can imagine the confidence that the players get from it when they say hey this guy's dangerous they've made some big time returns and we're going to go after him we're going to match him and we feel good about our, our our talent running downfield and i know there's speed but we feel like we have some speed too but more important we have some really great courage on our guys that we're running downfield so uh we were flying downfield man and and Coach Lamb felt really confident doing it, and I said, "Let's go!" I, mean, I felt great about the the game plan, but the more importantly, the players were excited for it. They like, they knew that that ball was going to come out, and Scholar Southam is an amazing kicker. He knows how to how to place the ball with his accuracy, and and just so such a a big weapon for us on kickoff. Be able to just you know uh, kick wherever you want and have our guys cover. And the the, the communication that they do with each other is amazing. So, uh, huge credit to our coaches for Coach Lamb implementing that game plan and for our players to follow through and the confidence that they took the field with.
9: Last thing you said in our pregame interview was just about how it's, uh, you know, with a Saturday afternoon and everything else, it's like old school Cougar football. Let's go, mm-hmm. give them a, let's go give the fans an old school Cougar win. It's kind of what it was today, and people got to storm the field and be happy and enjoy a home victory, beat a ranked team. And a name team, a national name, right? Uh, it's one of the best days you've had to have as a coach. At, oh a yeah,
2: it, it, it was it was such a, a cool um, flashback to the past of playing the games at one thirty, you know, and one one o'clock, one thirty kickoff, and uh, getting a win and, and going home before the sun goes down, you know. So uh, just just uh, such a cool feeling, and um, we have some amazing fans, and I, I just I loved interacting with them after the game and the energy that they brought for, from the, you know, into the overtime, but throughout the entire game was amazing. So uh, we're looking forward to them
9: doing it again for us next week. Next week is Washington. So it's another Pac-12 team, another ranked Pac-12 team coming in. And you guys come in with a, a ton of confidence and good feelings at 2-1 and one right now.
2: Yeah, and, you know, they got us last year. It wasn't really much of a game, you know. I, I thought um, we were able to hang in there a little bit early in the game last year up in Seattle. But, uh, you know, we've learned a lot from that game and, and, and uh you know, looking forward to Zach taking the field against them and, and, and with our weapons, but we'll see how, what happens. I think they're a, I think they're a very talented team with a great culture, with Chris Peterson, the way, what he does with that coaching staff and the way they get their players ready to play. It's going to be such a cool thing to have them here in Provo.
9: All right, another 130 kick next Saturday. Kalani, congratulations to you and the guys. Thrilling overtime win again. Knoxville was fun, and this was even more fun in a different way.
2: Yeah, let's keep it going, man. Love you guys. Go Cougs.
9: All right, thanks, Kalani. That's Kalani Sitaki. We've got Cougar Nation now coming up next here on the New Skin BYU Sports Network.
0: You're tuned to BYU Dining's Cougar Nation Now. BYU Dining, a classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Be a part of the show by emailing your questions to CougarNationNow at BYU.edu or tweet your questions using the hashtag BYUCNN. Let's head live to the Mobettas broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, Mitchell Juergens, and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
9: Let us pause before we get into all the Cougar Nation Now festivities. Let us pause 10 seconds for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
8: BYU Radio, 107.9 FM KUMT Randolph and KBYU FM HD2 Provo.
9: Back at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, Greg Rubel and Riley Nelson, along with Mitchell Jurgens, back up from field level. We're chatting it up about BYU's 30-27 overtime win over 24th ranked USC. BYU improves to 2-1, and, and the uh, P5 run of teams continues and concludes next week with Washington coming into town. And then uh, the P5s will be done, but uh, still hurdles to overcome the rest of the way. But I think I'd have to say that if uh, if you looked at the way the, the schedule shaped up, and if you said BYU would get out of the first four games with at least two wins, and knowing you play an FCS team later in the year, which would give you three ostensibly, You've got to find a three more wins somewhere to get yourself to a bowl game. If that's the low bar expectation, just get to the postseason. Well, BYU's helped itself a great deal just in the span of, of seven days, eight days, last week and this week.
6: No question. I And I, I was, as we were leading up to the season and I was uh, getting the opportunity to chat with the local sports radio guys, they asked me what my prediction, and, and I honestly felt this. Some people call me a little bit optimistic and maybe a little bit of a homer. But I felt it was very realistic to go two and two in the first four, three and four, three and one in the next four, and then w- win your final four games in November. And uh, boy, we're we're sitting at two and one and feeling pretty optimistic uh, with at least chances to be to compete with Washington next week for a chance at going three and one.
9: This was a USC team that finished uh, last week's game against Stanford on a 35 nothing run. And BYU held USC to 27 for the game in the win today. A lot of good things to, a lot of things to feel good about in this victory. And uh, Ben Burt brings up one of them. Uh, ben Burt on uh, Twitter, and by the way, to join us on the program, hashtag BYUCNN, the CNN for Cougar Nation Now. So hashtag BYUCNN to get your comments heard on this show. Or you can use the old school email, CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. Cougar Nation Now, which is all one word with two N's, CougarNationNow at BYU.edu that'll come in handy later for, uh, for ice cream winnings as well. But Ben says, BYU continues to show that better execution can overcome better athleticism. He notes that USC played with a bunch of five-star players, and BYU today overachieved its recruiting rankings. And let's piggyback that comment from Ben by noting that BYU didn't even have a full-strength secondary today against one of the best pass attacks in the FBS. And the Cougars responded with guys like Bo Tanner, a former and one-time wide receiver, and then defender, and then he's gone, and now he's back playing a really key role. So BYU was, you know, maybe outstarred, if you will, and, and not even full strength and played a really, really solid game to keep USC kind of in front of it throughout the day. Thoughts on that?
6: No question. And, I mean, I saw number 17, Matthew Criddle, out there quite a lot. He played, I think... 15 to 20 snaps, and I, I was just double-checking the depth chart. That's a guy that's not even on the the too deep, right, and came out and, and did that. And Coach, uh, Coach Satake said that, um, you know, Bo Tanner played an absolute tremendous game, but the reality is we didn't call his name much because he was – having blanket coverage on these speedster wide receivers that were supposed to be all-world. So a tremendous job by him getting kudos from his coach. And, and again, it speaks to the depth, and it speaks to the competitiveness. I mean, at the end of the day, that's why you strap it up and you play the game because stars, rankings, media hype – all of that stuff, once that ball kicks off and you're competing between the lines, means absolutely nothing. It all, what all matters is who's got the bigger heart and who's got the be- the better mind to know their assignment and execute it uh, between the lines. Today's
9: win also means BYU's defeated 11 of 12 Pac-12 programs. They were 0-2 against USC until today. They remain 0-2 against Stanford, and BYU's time will come against them at some point as well. Mitchell Juergens, your thoughts. Yeah, I mean this. This game was just a, a big statement for
8: BYU in a time where, you know, a lot of people were wondering who is BYU. You know, they 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 lose to a, a Utah team, you know, nine years or nine games in a row, and you know they can't. People question their ability to compete at that you know type of level, and then they come out and respond and beat these big programs um, with this win today. I think you know BYU is proving that. They're a team that can compete with anyone. It doesn't matter their national rank. And what I loved about, you know, what I saw today on the field was a very balanced attack, and, you know, BYU has found that they, are, they can run the ball. They can, you know, smash mouth football is, is definitely in their style in addition to letting it fly. We saw some amazing things from Zach being able to escape the pocket, mm. um, you know, escape pressure and create big plays with his legs and keep his eyes open downfield. One of the things that I love as a former receiver is to see receivers not give up. When Zach does start to scramble, I mean, some of the biggest plays that ever can happen on a on a field in a game for an offense is when the quarterback gets out of the pocket and your receivers can adjust their route. Um, We call it the scramble drill and and create big plays just on awareness. And, and, you know, you look at the preparation, Um, you know, one of the comments that just came out that you read was, you know, USC was the more athletic team. But I said this before the game with Jason on over-the-air. Scheme always beats athleticism, and we saw that tonight. Um, you know, they came very well prepared offensively, defensively, and then their execution was top-notch. You know, what an impressive victory for BYU for the fans to, to rally behind. And this is what they need to be able to you know, continuously pack the house here at Lavelle and show BYU support that we've got their backs.
9: This is BYU's Cougar Nation Now. Brought to you by BYU Dining and the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition, have a scoop today. Hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter. And from Cameron Williams, simple comment, says, I love the running game. Tyson is a beast. I felt that for BYU to have a shot, they'd have to at least hit 100 yards rushing, and BYU ends up at a buck 31. that That'll do. Tyson, that close to his first 100-yard rushing game, he did gain 100 yards, but lost one on one carry, ending up with a net of 99. So 99 on 19 carries. Pretty close to what people would say is a good goal, meaning 100 on 20, uh, which is what he was very close to getting today. And, and Tyson has really been uh, the early season revelation for BYU. Of course, you hope, guys, right, that a fifth-year transfer out of the SEC is good. You'd expect that. But he was never really, you know, uh, 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 he, did, he didn't put up 1,000-yard seasons with the, with the Gamecocks. He was good, but, but what would he do for BYU? Well, the hope is, I think that hope's been uh, validated. That 100-yard game is coming. It will come, but he's shown how good he can be just through two games, or three games now.
6: No question, and I think he's exceeded expectations. Running back's a tough position because during fall camp, you don't want them taking – they only have so many hits, right? So you don't want them taking a bunch of hits. You don't want them going live a lot. So uh, us uh, as the broadcast crew and the fans and the scrimmages and throughout fall camp, we didn't get a lot of live looks at Tyson Williams, but he has exceeded our expectations. He showed – you know, there was the one run – where he ran through an arm tackle at the line of scrimmage. He made a jump cut on the safety that was coming through and then drove his feet. He drove two tacklers about six yards forward, all for a 12-yard gain. It showed me everything I want to see from a running back. Vision, quickness, strength, and balance. And, uh, boy, uh, with him providing that stability with this offense, uh, I just – Continue. I just foresee a bunch of step by step by step progression as the season continues to
8: go on. Yeah, and one of the things that I actually loved hearing, um, you know, Kalani talk about Tyson is he, he talked about his character and he talked about who he was as a person. When he came to BYU as a fifth year senior, it was all business. He wasn't come to have a. He he didn't come here to BYU to just you know have a good time, enjoy the. Um, you know the college life, as they say, and he came to play football, put his head down, focus on school, focus on football, and that 's it and and it shows i mean he's his focus in the game is just incredible, watching him carry himself um he's established himself as you know a fifth year senior first year here at b y u already as a leader of the offense, and you can tell the guys respect him uh, the guys look up to him as a as a player that's going to make big plays in big time, in in big moments, and he's just going to play with you know his hardest and and um, do his job when when given the opportunities. And so I'm I'm a big fan of Tyson Williams and just what he's meant for this program, um, establishing the run game and, and proving that he can be an every down back
9: and a big contributor for BYU. hundred yards of total offense last week, 117 yards of total offense this week between his rushes and receptions for Tyson Williams. From uh Joseph Hovey or Hovey on uh, Twitter, hashtag BYUCNN He says, what a day, my 40th game at Lavelle Edwards, being back there after my mission. Good for you. Congrats. Uh, With your dad, he says, this time in the Rock, and to have this kind of exhilarating finish, incredible. He says, thanks, Kalani, Zach, Tyson, and all the guys for creating amazing memories. That's what it's all about, and it was after the game today. Um, You know, there's there's a lot being talked about, you know, uh, field stormings and when they should or shouldn't happen. I don't begrudge anyone for doing what they did today. Uh, after, After the way the home season kind of opened on a downer, ranked team, Saturday afternoon, underdog win why not enjoy yourself it's done safely it's done it's done uh without uh danger and in the end literally they cleared the field to let the review happen and that was done orderly and then they came (laughs) back on and i I just thought it was fun to see uh you know there can be a lot of cynics about about that kind of activity but i thought uh today it looked and and it looked good and, and it was an appropriate time to do it and it was done safely and so uh kudos to everyone involved for making it again a day of amazing memories that way.
8: Yeah, absolutely. When you now look you were in the middle of it all, I was, I was. <laughs> and when you look at a football game, you know what you want people to do is you want people to have fun. You want to enjoy it, and that's part of the fan experience. You know, you look at Cougar Canyon before you know this pregame adjustment that we've done is it's all about creating this experience to to not only have the players have fun but the fans. And you know, you look at a. All the players that or the fans that stormed the field, I mean, they were just having a good time, and, and that's what you want to celebrate. Uh, Provo's going to be rocking tonight just with, um, you know, with a lot of energy, and, and, and this is exciting. The players, you know, as a former player, I mean, you loved when, you know, you're walking down the street and, and maybe someone recognizes you as a BYU player and they're screaming and yelling. I mean, it's just, it's such a fun atmosphere when you have big wins like this, and, and so glad that they were able to storm the field and celebrate with the players.
9: This is BYU Creamery and BYU Dining, Cougar Nation Now, hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter. You can email us using now at BYU.edu. We'll take a break and more from Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: You're listening to Cougar Nation Now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Here's your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
9: Welcome back to BYU Dining and BYU Creamery. Cougar Nation now, hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter. BYU 30, USC 27 is the final score in overtime. I mentioned earlier uh, the fact BYU's been turnover free in consecutive weeks for the first time in three years. Not surprisingly, turnover free equals wins. And Kalani now 9-1. As head coach, when his team doesn't give the ball away at all, and when BYU has just a positive turnover margin, even with some giveaways, as long as the margin is positive, BYU is now 13 and four with six consecutive wins in the Satake era, when they can be on the plus side of that margin. The average starting field position margin is also big, and BYU was positive there. And when BYU's plus in average starting field position, as the Cougars were plus six today, average starting field position margin. They're now uh, at uh, 12 consecutive wins with that particular stat. And uh, in the Kalani era, 20-5, and five, when wow. the average starting field position margin is positive. Uh, from the emails, CougarNationNow at BYU.edu, now at BYU.edu, uh, Matt says, Matt from Logan, I was confused by Kalani's decision to burn his last timeout of regulation with eight seconds left rather than just letting the clock run out and go to overtime. What could the advantage be? to give USC one more chance to make a play and score rather than just going to overtime. Now, granted, that would have been a heck of a play based on where they were, but that didn't appear to be their offensive design at the time, Riley, so his idea was? Yeah, so that's a great question because it makes you nervous out there with a lot of burners and a lot of guys that could make a
6: couple guys miss and then win a foot race to the end if, if USC decided to put the ball in one of their hands. But stranger things have happened, and Kalani called that timeout to force USC to play to the final down. The reality is you know, USC has not taken a snap under center. In fact, I, I would venture to bet that they haven't practiced it. They are a purely shotgun team, and while the chances are low, there's always the chance for a bad shotgun snap. Secondly, getting it back to the quarterback, if they are not kneeling it, if they're going to handle it off like they did, you get an opportunity for a fumbled exchange, and then if the player does proceed into the teeth of your defense, you get to get defenders with their hands on them ripping at the ball which they did so crazier things have happened and in eight seconds any one any number of those things could have happened and if the ball ended up on the ground and BYU recovered it they were in position for a game-winning field goal so that's why you burn that last time out you make them execute a final play before heading into
9: overtime. From uh, Twitter hashtag BYUCNN from Greg who says it certainly was a team victory but Zach in quote marks he says babyface killer. Wilson, Zach Wilson, is special. Those two plays in a row, the scramble and throw to Romney, and then the quarterback draw were amazing. And those were, in really short spans of time, two plays that show just how good he is and can be, where he avoids guys from either side coming hard at him to step up and see Gunnar Romney downfield. Gunnar makes a nice catch, great play, and then the quarterback draw. He gets hit a few times before he gets into the end zone. Mitch, your thoughts on those two particular plays?
8: Yeah, so on the first one where where he scrambled around, I mean, this just goes to show you the advantage that a mobile quarterback can have with your program, and and what I've been so impressed with, and I said this earlier, is just his ability to, one, keep the play alive, but keep his eyes downfield and, and find, you know, those players to hit, you know, and Hats off to—we can't give Zach all the credit on that play. Gunnar Romney made an incredible catch. Yeah. You know, at the point of contact where he could have easily, you know, gotten hit, and, and we see that time and time again. Player has you know receiver has the ball in his hands. He gets hit hard. It comes loose, but he held on, made the play, and then that second you know the draw play where where Zach was was going down. When when I heard you giving the call, Greg, I you know I I, I kept thinking that he was going to go down at the five. You know we heard the fifteen ten you know five, and I was thinking he was going to go down, but somehow he stayed on his feet. And I mean, just an incredible touchdown. Um, just goes to show you that he you know Zach's a player, and we've we've seen his his progression, his maturity. Um, in this season, and, and he's the most confident player on this BYU team, and he, and he has to be. You know, the quarterback, you've got to look to the quarterback when, when it's crunch time, and what an incredible example of, of someone who keeps his head up the entire game, um, and you know, that was just a definition of his will to win, put the team on his back, and when he can make a play to cross the goal line and, and put BYU you know, in front for a lead when it, when it mattered in, in the fourth quarter.
9: There were a lot of times when Riley Nelson would have to make the same kind of play. Where he's not going to go down easy, you're taking off and running. Can you take us into Tyson uh, into Zach Wilson's head on that quarterback draw for the touchdown there?
6: He mentioned in his postgame presser that it was a great it was the perfect look for that, and it was. We saw this multiple times throughout the game when BYU would get in the two by two look and then they would motion the back out of the backfield into empty and USC would follow They would take their middle linebacker. He would follow the running back out of the box, and then what they would bring from the side, they would invert a safety over one of the slot receivers, and the man who was initially lined up over a slot receiver would blitz off the edge. Zach got got caught a couple times earlier, but this time... Uh, by by that blitzing defender off the edge, but this time he took a quicker set for in his draw action in his play action and took the the lane straight up the field. And at that point, I mean, Zach Zach has proven his athleticism time and time again. His ability to make that one that one kind of hard step cut that gets defenders on their weight and be able to cut back on them, and then also his just flat out speed because you know he, it seems like every game he's ripping off. 15, 20, 25-yard runs, uh, you know, this play in question was was a 16-yard scramble there. So he – it was a great play call and a great execution, and I I just love what I'm seeing from Zach – Mitchell mentioned, uh, one thing that he mentioned in his press conference, he mentioned the Gunnar Romney play. You know, Zach said that wasn't the best ball, so he's always looking to improve. Zach, by no means, I don't see any sense of entitlement or any sense that he thinks he's arrived. He's always looking for ways to improve, and it's showing as his decision-making and his execution and then his overall production seems to be getting better week by week.
9: Before we head to break, Val from Mililani, Hawaii has checked in, says Aloha, Greg, Mitchell, and Riley. They did what all the experts said they would have to do against the talent of USC, shake up the quarterback and play error-free. Easy to say, but so hard to do and actually implement against four- and five-star talent. Unbelievable, says Val, who says a big chihu from Hawaii brought us, and we took it from Val. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. And, uh, you know, error-free is a big part of it, and yet... Uh, how, how do you think they did on, on, on Keaton Slovis? He throws out three INTs on the night, so clearly BYU was getting doing and, and and making things happen.
6: No question. he n- Not only him, but the play callers had an absolute he, the BYU defense was in their heads because after those early interceptions, they were not going over the middle of the field. Essentially, BYU reduced their entire passing game. We heard all of this about all of their weapons and these potential NFL guys and they basically reduced it to quick play action fakes and throwing a quick out to the sideline, or a quick play-action fake and a five-yard quick slant, which they did get the one in the second half, the the one deep ball, but that was the one time they tried it, and it w- and it was a play that had to be reviewed to see if it even counted. Um, so to be able to reduce that offense to what was essentially two different route combinations. Um, and then to continue that pressure, they, they had those picks early on in the game, and then to end the game on the exact same play where USC tried to go over the middle again, the ball was tipped again, and it was picked for a third time, just proves what Mitchell was saying earlier, that this BYU defense came in with the right scheme and they executed on that scheme.
8: Yeah, and one thing I will say just to you know Slovis and, and our, BYU's ability to slow him down, I mean, one player I want to highlight is Kairos Tonga. When you when you have a physical presence and dominant presence like him up the middle, no quarterback should feel ever you know um, you know comfortable back there because I mean the the game that he played today he I mean he's making a statement um, not only for BYU but in his future career you know you know as a potential career in the NFL and I mean Kyrus Tong is just a fun player to watch and um, it just goes to show you when you when you're you know when you want it that bad and, and you, you can tell that Kyrus does. There was a big part of Slovis's, you know performance and how um you know he did look a little bit more uneasy and you know Kairo's Tonga was a big part of that um just so hats off to the d line you know kairos talked about it in his interview um that he views himself as um it's not it's not an entire um it's not an entire d line um or just him as the sole person it's the entire d line one tackle is is for everyone and so just a just a really cool unit that they have there. Um, just very impressive with his performance.
6: Speaking from a quarterback's perspective, when the rush comes... Straight in the A gaps, it is in your lap, and it absolutely messes with your head. Because as a quarterback, you know it's step throw. When your center is getting pushed back and you cannot step, that's why we saw a couple of throws that that Slovis dirted, uh, that were simple, you know, five seven yard routes that he was extremely inaccurate on. Well, that's because that that rush came from right up the middle, which was uh, again just I wanted to provide that quarterback's perspective of how frustrating it can be when you get guys like Kairos Tonga or. Lorenzo Fautea in your lap all, all night.
9: Ken in Omaha, joining us on Cougar Nation now at BYU.edu via email, says BYU was playing an odd scheme defensively. Was it try to neutralize USC's speed in passing or to beat us with the run? Question and, mark. And Coach Helton noted it, and we've talked a lot about it, how BYU was playing. There was a lot of drop eight a lot of drop eight out there tonight.
6: Definitely, and they had eight guys in cut. Co- One of the things that I liked is we use drop eight as a cover term, but with those eight defenders you can do a lot of things. Uh, Coach Satake sat right here and said, well, we played a lot of man tonight. They did. They played what's called two-man robber, which means you have five guys that are man-to-man, you have two safeties over the top keeping anything from deep, and then you have a guy in the middle of the field that's reading the quarterback's eyes. Peyton Wilgart was the robber. They were actually in man coverage when he picked off that when he made that first interception and then they paid played your traditional uh, th- three deep five under they also played four deep four under, and then they even played some where they just manned up the outside wide receivers and then they covered the entire middle of the field with the remaining six defenders but it was it, first of all, we've seen this all season from BYU's defense. They executed extremely well, um, and so while part of it was with USC, it's also something that they do well, and they've been able to execute three weeks in a row now, and something I expect to see throughout the course of the season.
9: Chase in Idaho before the break on email, now at BYU.edu, says, has BYU had two more exciting back-to-back wins since Nebraska and Boise State in 2015, probably not till this week. And Mitch, you were a part of both of those. And that was a wild way to start the season. That was 2-0 and BYU at that point. Now it's 2-1 and BYU. But for back-to-back, do it the way they've done it against two P5 programs, uh, you probably have to go back to 2015 and say it's the best back-to-back week that BYU's had. Yeah, and this is the momentum that, that BYU needs to
8: to to carry this into Washington, a game where you look at last year and Washington, I mean, they dominated BYU. BYU had no chance in any time in that game. Um, and so this is the type of momentum that needs to be carried over. Um, what an incredible two, two games. Stressful as fans, um, you know, stressful I'm sure as coaches and even as players at times. But what's so cool is to see them come out on top to execute and know in these crunch moments they can't come out victorious, which, which they have done, you know, in two straight weeks. So what, what an awesome experience.
9: At Stephanie Bruin on Twitter, says another intense and exciting win. Love the commentary and excitement on the radio call. Well, we thank you for that, Stephanie, and say that it was all uh, coming out pretty naturally tonight because we have good stuff to call and fun stuff to call. It just uh, comes out. We're glad you you enjoyed the call. That said, uh, Jarrett Webster on Twitter, hashtag BYUCNN. Said the USC center is going to have nightmares about Tonga and Fawatea tonight.
6: No doubt. <laughs> Absolutely no doubt. He's, he's probably going to yell at his coaches, too. Why could we not have had a guard come and help me? <laughs> they put him one on one far too often, and those boys took
9: advantage. They ate his lunch. And a social media question about social media from Ryan Mortensen says When will Riley Nelson get the blue verified check mark on Twitter? <laughs> When's that going to happen? Let's
6: start that movement.
9: I'll see if I can – I may may know somebody. We'll (laughs) see if we can pull a few strings there. We'll take a break. It is BYU's Cougar Nation Now, brought to you by BYU Dining and the BYU Creamery. Cougar Nation Now continues. You can reach us, hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter, hashtag BYUCNN, or on email, CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. Cougar Nation Now, one word, two ends in the middle. We will be giving away in our next segment, or trying to, And with a trivia question, two half gallons of famous BYU creamery ice cream. Stick around for that. Back after this on the New Skin BYU Sports Network.
0: Let's get you back to Cougar Nation now on the New Skin BYU Sports Network.
9: BYU Dining, Cougar Nation now continues. We're going on eight hours of radio today. BYU 30, USC 27 in overtime. Hashtag BYU CNN. Eric Roach tweeting in, hats off to the BYU receivers. Best I could tell, he says zero drops. Impressive. He says stars are overrated. That was talent out there today for BYU receivers. Mitch, as a former receiver here at BYU, can you recall a drop today?
8: No, uh, I think the closest maybe the closest drop would have been the ball to Dax um that on was on the comeback in the end zone Yeah, on the comeback in the end zone, but I mean that was that was thrown high I think he may have gotten a a tip of his finger and so I mean that's obviously not not, not not a true drop yeah
6: Yeah, and as a a quarterback uh, on comebacks like that especially in the end zone you have to put the ball low in the way low and away Zach did a good job getting it away but it was too high and with the tight coverage it made it that would have been a tough play but you're right I think that was the only one he got his hands on that didn't come down with
9: yeah and so yeah that one's not a drop so yeah zero drops Scott Hall at Cougar Nation now at BYU.edu on the email says, please give credit to whomever tipped that last ball leading to the interception. First of all, it was so crazy when Dian went to the ground, and then he was immediately, you know, buried by guys. I, I couldn't tell immediately who had the ball. I knew it was a BYU guy. To find out it was Dian, we, we got it as soon as we could, but-, but there were two guys involved. We think in watching the replays that you say it was K- Kavika and Chaz?
6: Yeah, they they hit the receiver, which was Drake London. They hit him simultaneously, and uh, I don't know that either either one of them actually tipped it. I think it was them hitting him, and then the ball tipping off his hands up into the air that allowed Dian to get underneath it for the interception. In
8: in post game, Kavika did say he got a hand on it. Okay, so you know, I'll yeah, they take only, his, I'll take his word for it. Yeah, um, let's give him all the credit in the world. Yeah,
6: <laughs> they, yeah. they only showed the one angle on the uh, on the replay app that that I had access to. So.
9: uh, Today's game was uh, a lengthy one. A lot of delays, a lot of reviews, a lot of replays. Seemed to kind of, uh, the first half of the first quarter clipped along pretty good when TV wasn't here yet, and then when the TV came in, the TV timeouts are one thing, but it was, uh, they do take their time on a lot of these things, don't they? Kind of drags it out.
6: No question. We had a lot of reviews. We had that whole weird sequence where, they gave USC back a timeout when we were running the scrum. I mean, I'd never seen that. And then they it came r- when running hurry up, right? Yeah, yeah, they they hurried into the scrum formation, and then they they said. Uh, we're giving. We're not charging USC a timeout because the the play the ref was still standing over the ball when BYU snapped it, and then we run it again, and that play didn't count. And then we run it again, and then Kalani gets all heated, and I mean that that in and of itself was 20 minutes spent on one single down, and then uh, you know there was probably a half a dozen other reviews today. So you know, hats off to the fans that stuck with it. Unfortunately, that's the world we live in in college football, and and I think we'd all rather have the calls right. Uh, especially when they're working for us. It hurts a little bit. The the uh, pauses get annoying when they're working against you, but it's the world we live in today.
9: Jerem Jordan just texting me says, I have Fonua with the initial breakup to pop the ball up on the Diane INT. Chaz Ayu was in on it too, so that's kind of how we've ID'd it, those, yeah, t- those two guys plus Diane. Wow, what a day today. Um, Diane was involved early and late. Uh, he's in on the scrum formation, gets a touchdown run out of it. Uh, on the touchdown call that I blew, calling Tyson instead of Diane. Hey, in in your defense, those two look alike. Well, well yeah. Right? <laughs> okay, they're wearing the same <laughs> number, and he's lining up as a running back. He's wearing number five. I mean, yeah, but I mean, common, I, common mistake. I, okay, I would, thank you. I don't you. think
8: you were the only one who, who still,
9: didn't know that was that still was Dian. St- still kicking <laughs> myself because I have seen scrum run uh, with Tyson involved too. So, but the two number fives anyway. So I blew that one. So uh, Dian scores the touchdown. Then he's involved on the late scrum that didn't work on fourth and one. But uh, it, it's certainly an option they like uh, for short yardage. It puts Kyras Tonga on the field as an offensive player. And so he gets to enjoy a little bit of that. And, uh, and then Diane makes the play to, to end it today. One of three interceptions for BYU, two linebacker INTs, and then the, uh, the corner INT from Diane on a day when the uh, secondary was not at full strength by any stretch. So kudos to all those guys. Hey, as we head to break, let's give you the trivia question for two half gallons of famous Creamery ice cream, shall we? It is BYU's Inside Scoop Trivia, brought to you by the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Uh, We give you the question and the first correct answer in on Twitter or via email, cougarnationnow at byu.edu. Uh, we'll win two half gallons of famous Creamery ice cream. Your choice on flavors, your choice whether to pick it up or have it delivered. We leave it all up to you. So here we go. BYU in Washington next week. BYU's last win over Washington came in 2010, 23-17 here at Villabert Stadium. And BYU Riley used a unique uh, plan that night. They uh, they had they had two quarterbacks.
6: We What happened every, there? Yeah, we alternated every other series.
9: You say we because you were one of the guys. Yes,
6: I was. I was fortunate enough to start the game. That was uh, when Jake Heaps came in as a freshman, and uh, we had a hard fought battle through camp. And the decision was heading into the first game that we were going to alternate every series, and we did that. And uh, fortunately, it was something that was highly questioned, and uh, it didn't end up lasting very long as we scrapped it. I think week three week two, second half of the second game, but uh, it was good enough to get Washington,
9: um, get us a win against Washington in week one. So that was the last time BYU beat Washington. The time before that, BYU won in Seattle, 28-27 in 2008. Here, now we're getting to your question. So BYU won the game 28-27 on a blocked PAT. Who blocked the PAT for BYU to secure? I know it. Do I the, get a win? I, I don't think you're eligible. <sighs> Who blocked the PAT to give BYU a 28-27 win over Washington in 2008? Jake Locker scores a touchdown, gets it on sportsmanlike, throwing the ball up in the air, backs the PAT up. It's longer than normal. It gets blocked. BYU wins 28-27. Who blocked the PAT for BYU? Hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter if you want to use that to respond or if you want to email it. It is CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. And spoiler alert, we already have a winner. We'll get to that winner next here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: According to the American Medical Association, 60% of all U.S. doctors will face a lawsuit before they turn 55. The average malpractice court settlement is around $425,000. Even claims that don't make it to court still cost tens of thousands in defense, along with lost time, anxiety, heartache, and damaged reputations. Legally Mine is helping physicians in the U.S. proactively stop the threat of lawsuits and protect their assets. Learn more at legallymindusa.com. You're listening to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Here's your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg
9: Rubel. All right, uh, BYU Creamery Inside Scoop Trivia question. When BYU defeated Washington 28-27 in 2008, who blocked the PAT to secure the win for BYU? Answers came streaming in, streaming in, and a lot of them said Ethan Manomeliuna. Some people believe it was Ethan. No, he had the field goal block against UCLA to secure a Las Vegas Bowl win in Days of Yore. But I was actually at
8: that game. So was I. As a
9: fan. As a broadcaster. That was the same year, wasn't it was it not? Two thousand eight? Weren't they both? Uh two thousand eight the UCLA game, the Las Vegas Bowl game. Is it was it two thousand eight? I think it was, was it not?
6: Two thousand six was Oregon. Two thousand seven bowl game
9: was who? Uh, no, it was 2007 Vegas Bowl preceding it was the Washington UCLA, game. UCLA the and then Washington so,
6: was early in the season the next year. Yeah,
9: yeah that's right. So the arrows. Yeah, so it was uh, 2007 UCLA and then the Washington game happens. Anyway, the answer is Jan Jorgensen. What I'm trying to get to. Jan Jorgensen blocked it, and it was, really, it was really close between Jarrett Brandt on Twitter and Mike Miller on email for who got in first. But Mike Miller gets in just by seconds, and then everyone else is after those guys. So we're going. Congrats to you, Mike Miller. For answering correctly, Jan Jorgensen blocked the PAT to give BYU that 28 uh, 27 win in 2008. I will get information from you, Michael, and we will get uh, ice cream to you as soon as possible. All right, uh, question from Ryan Slater. Now, there was a uh, receiver here at BYU back in the day named Ryan Slater. Maybe it's Ryan Slater. Could be that Ryan Slater. Hopefully, the alumni coming back participating. Ryan Slater has a, a wide receiver question. So maybe it is Ryan Slater. The Ryan Slater. Late in the fourth quarter, Aleva Hifo was called for an illegal block on a long run by Tyson Williams. Can you comment on the legality of his block? It looked like a clean-cut block to me. Uh, And the call was blocking below the waist, right? So here's what the rule is. Um, Linemen with initial position completely inside the tackle box may legally block below the waist inside the tackle box until the ball leaves the tackle box. All other Team A players are allowed to block below the waist only If the force of the initial contact is directed from the front, and directed from the front is 10 o'clock to 2 o'clock, exceptions are team A players or teams on offense, their players may not block below the waist when the block occurs five yards or more beyond the neutral zone. That's one of the exceptions. And players outside the tackle box at the snap or any time after the snap or in motion at the snap may not block below the waist toward the original position of the ball at the snap. One of those two things most likely applied. I would think, in that situation. Or once the ball has left the tackle box, a player may not block below the waist toward his own end line. So those are the three conditions. One of those three had to be violated for that to be a penalty.
6: So it was, I believe it was the one, because it happened about six, seven yards downfield. He so was it's too he, far down. Yep, he did approach him from the front. Now, Mitchell, I wanted to ask you about this. We didn't get the chance to, to do it on air, but it looked to me like Aleva was trying to, and again, that's contact below the waist. Is there a technique in stock blocking? Because, as you remember, that was a quick toss outside, so everything was happening bang, bang, bang. It wasn't a traditional stock block where you engage up top and try and drive your guy is there one where you try and make contact maybe diving across the hip where you make contact more on the lower ribcage abdomen area um, because what that 's what it looked like to me eleven tried to do the defender kind of stepped back and he fell into his legs being blocked below the waist. Can you talk a little bit to that technique right so when when I saw that
8: play, I was actually a little confused at why they called it because from my understanding and and this may be you know I'm, I might have you know done this legally as a player, but from my understanding. Um, and I don't know if this falls in with the rules that that Greg just read, but if you're if if there's a play outside, and as long as you're going outside, you know if you hit him in the hip, and and maybe that's where I was targeting most of most of my cut blocks when I played back in the day, um, and so if you go for the knees, it might not. That that's maybe where the flag came in. But from my understanding, I, if if it's outside the tackle box and you're not coming in, coming back, you're coming point, yeah. you're going away, which is which is what I thought Aleva was doing. It, for me, it looked like a clean play, um, and so I was a little bit confused. That there might be a little bit of a gray area for you know was did he launch himself outside toward the sideline or did he launch himself towards the middle of the field where you know that could have been where the where the flag came. Um, but yeah, I mean as as a I mean a cut block. I mean it's a great play, and I, I used it frequently because. I would go against linebackers who are two hundred thirty pounds, and if I am just you know standing in front of them, most of the times they'll push me back and, and run right through me. And so it's it's you know plays to a guy like a Levi's size who who resembled my size as well to cut block because you have a better opportunity to do that. Um, and so I was a little bit confused. I I thought it was clean, um, and you know unfortunate that that came at that time. Um, Le- you Le- might have
9: won it in, uh, in regulation.
8: Exactly, exactly. So, you know, I'm sure they'll go back and watch the film. I'm sure Leva's going to be coached up on it. I-, I don't fault him for that because from my perspective, it looked clean. It's- it probably would have been something that I would have done as well. Um, and so, you know, I'm sure they're going to go back – Watch the film with Fessy. He'll coach him up on, on when it's legal, when it's not, um, to get that straightened out for coming My weeks. biggest
6: takeaway from this, Greg, is that Mitchell and I are getting old, <laughs> and the game has become so much so- softer from when we stopped playing. That's got to be the real answer.
9: <laughs> Hashtag BYUCNN from Shiloh Lloyd says, If you guys talked about the USC touchdown that was upheld where the receiver was ineligible because he stepped out, how was that a TD? And we, we talked a lot about at the time, just to, just to restate, and it's interesting that, that the exact scenario is actually mentioned in the rule book. They have a great section of the rule book where they give you scenarios. They describe what might happen and it kind of matched this one here. I'll read you the scenario and, why, and the only way it differed from today, and then we'll tell you what went down. So, in the scenario in the rule book, receivers legally blocked out of bounds at the two yard line in this case, it says. And then while attempting an immediate return to the field of play, leaps from out of bounds and is airborne as he receives the legal forward pass. He lands in the end zone with the ball in his grasp. The ruling there is incomplete pass because the player did not establish in bounds before touching the pass, and hence he was still out of bounds. Same situation in that Pittman is forced out, at least by the referee's judgment, forced out, and immediately tries to come back in, or at least he stepped on the boundary and came back in. In this case, he did establish because one foot came down in bounds as he caught the ball. If he'd caught the ball airborne without that foot coming down, it would have been an out of bounds and incomplete pass. That's the one difference or distinction from the rule book, but he did get a foot down. I didn't know when the call was made if he really did get the foot down. Seeing it in review, it was clear one foot came down after one foot was out of bounds. So if you can get a foot in and you're not the person that went out voluntarily, you've caught a legal forward pass. In this case, they gave it to him.
6: He's a very big and impressive athlete. Yeah. He was uh, six four. he looks the part. You betcha. And, and uh, you know, he was – did he end up with 10 catches? Or I've, I don't have my stats in front of me. But he was targeted 10 times.
9: Nine catches. The one, the one on the yeah. sideline that was also reviewed was ruled incomplete. Well, that one was actually – Nine for the, 95 and two scores.
6: But targeted 10 times, and, you know, he deserves 10 balls uh, going his way. And it was an absolute uh, – but you know what? As, as frustrating as that might have been or, or as close of a call as that was, We'll take it. If his most impactful play on the game, which I deem that his most impactful play was one that had to be reviewed over and over again and questioned as to its validity, I'd say that the BYU secondary did a tremendous job on him.
9: All right, and tremendous job is kind of the theme up and down the roster today. Uh, depth was tested, and the players responded, and BYU wins it by a score of 30-27 to 27 in overtime. And that's going to wrap it up for BYU Creamery and BYU Dining Cougar Nation now. Congrats to our trivia winner, and we'll get that ice cream out to you soon, and thanks for the rest of you for being with us all day. Long broadcast day today. It began in the morning. began at 11.30 this morning, and now it's a quarter to eight, but it's fun to be on the air this long when they have this many good things to talk about. And, and what a uh, what a thriller it was. Nationally ranked team coming in. And BYU defeats top 25 team now for the fifth time in the last seven seasons. Can they make it back-to-back wins over a ranked team? Well, we'll find out next week should the Huskies stay ranked. And they were ranked this week. And they were destroying Hawaii a short time ago. So I presume that uh, Hawaii can stick around in the top 25. Uh, 38-14. The Huskies over the uh, Rainbow Warriors in the third quarter. And UW is coming in next, and BYU looking for a little bit of uh, little bit of payback after last year as well, as Washington really kind of manhandled BYU up in Seattle, and that is our next broadcast. So that's going to do it for today, meaning we have to say our thank yous. And first of all, we thank first and foremost uh, Cougar Nation, all of our BYU listening audience, for tuning in wherever you were or are tonight. We do it for you and hope you enjoy what we do uh, it, to benefit you and your fandom of uh, following Cougar Sports wherever you might be in your life. So thanks for tuning in. Back at BYU Radio, our engineer, Sean Fay, our control board operator, Tanner Rall, our uh, coordinating producer, uh, Terry South, our interns, Jeff and James back there, Jeff Carroll and James Havel. That's our crew over the way. I can see the building right from here. We've got a great view of BYU Broadcasting Building just a few hundred yards, maybe a quarter of a mile away from us here. Good work, guys. Uh, here in, this, in the booth, our engineers are Barry Squires and Michael Wimmer, our interns today were Hayden Wallace and Nate Slack. We had Jason Shepard with hosting duties. And then we've got Mitchell Jurgens to my right, and we've got Riley Nelson to my left. And my name is Greg Rubel, thanking you all for tuning in, saying in the meantime and in between time, this has been BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Good night and so long from Provo. You've been
0: listening to live coverage of BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network coverage of today's game has been brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen. Siegfried and Jensen has been helping Utah families for over 25 years. BYU football is also proudly supported by Ken Garf Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen in Orem. BYU football is a production of BYU Athletics in association with BYU Broadcasting. Special thanks to BYU President Kevin Worthen, Vice President Matt Richardson, Athletic Director Tom Homo, and General Manager of Corporate Sponsorships Casey Stoffer. BYU Football is an exclusive presentation of the new skin, BYU Sports Network.